This is Anthem Blanchard, CEO of Numetra, and you're listening to RunToGold.com. Welcome back to the 81st episode of the RunToGold.com podcast. Uh, once again, this is the fourth uh, episode in a four-part series on tax domicile. And once again, I've got Bill Rounds, a California attorney who co-authors HowToVanish.com with me, uh, here to discuss the tax domicile. So, Bill, can we recap a little bit about the different risks that are being posed and why it's important to have this tax flexibility when it comes to our tax domicile? All right. Well, you mentioned it previously that uh, municipalities and states in this uh, financial crisis, they're basically bankrupt. And they're going to be doing everything they can to either increase enforcement of the taxes that they already have, that they have been lax in enforcing before, or they're going to increase the tax rates, um, which for a lot of individuals who are already paying a lot of money in their state taxes uh, and local taxes, uh, that can be significant. It might be the difference between having a profitable business and an unprofitable business. Um, And when revenues are down across the board for everybody, uh, that can be... Uh, catastrophic. Uh, so that's one reason. The other reason is, like I said, privacy. It's probably one of the main reasons um, to protect yourself from frivolous litigation um, and, and things like that and protect yourself from extortion or uh, harassment and, and those kinds of things that, that might befall somebody who leaves a, a significant number of their assets open to the public, uh, doesn't uh, take the initiative that they need to control those assets and and who has access to them and who knows about them. So we promised a couple helpful tips in this episode, at least we did in the last episode, and uh, let's give some really helpful tips with what people can do in regards to their residential address. Uh, So what is it that we can do with our residential address and how can this help us with tax domicile? Okay, a residential address uh, is needed for so many things. Um, Like I've said before, um, a lot of different registrations and fees. So we have to tell somebody where we live, even if we don't really live anywhere. Um, So what we can do is, if you are the kind of individual who either moves around a lot or needs to have that home base where all of your mail goes to, where your packages go to, that you know is going to be there, Uh, you can do something that we call a ghost address. Uh, It's called a ghost address by a lot of people. Uh, And that is simply a place where you can have, as your residential address, um, wherever it is that you want to call your home base. And so how might somebody... uh get started with having a ghost address? Probably the simplest and easiest way to do it is to find a family member or a friend who lives um, somewhere that you want to have your ghost address. Um, sign a lease with them. Find, you know, talk to them and say, hey, you know, I, I, would you be willing to accept my packages, accept my mail, because I travel a lot, I don't really have a home base, and I need an address to put you know, for my bank statements and things like that. Um, you know, they may, if it's a family or friend, they may do it for free and just hold your mail and forward it to you wherever you are in the world. Um, however, having a signed lease with them, actually renting a room with them, or however you want to do it, 
um, can actually be beneficial because you may have to show that lease as proof of your residence. Uh, and so if, if you really are using that as your home base where you receive your mail, receive your packages and things like that, um, having a lease uh, with your friends or family member could be extremely beneficial. Now, let's say you can't necessarily find somebody to, uh, to perform this for free. How could, uh, or family member or friend, how could you uh, use a commercial entity to uh, perform this service for you? Right. Like I said before, there are services that have sprung up because the nature of business has changed so much from what governments require that private businesses are willing to act as um, those location-dependent uh, services. And one of those is a ghost address. One of the uh, best companies that I've found anyway, and I know that you've uh, talked about them before as well, is Earth Class Mail. Earth Class Mail allows you to have um, an address, and you can choose from a lot of different places, um, where you can receive your mail, your regular mail, uh, or you can receive packages. Yeah, so I've used Earth Class Mail for almost three years now. I've been extremely satisfied with them. And one of the reasons is that they do act as that location-dependent area. They can receive mail. They can receive packages. Additionally, they can scan my mail, and then I can, actually, I can read it anywhere online uh, throughout the world. And another thing that's very uh, beneficial is that they're able to receive packages. Then they can hold those packages for an indefinite period of time and then bundle them together and mail them to anyone I choose anywhere in the world. So that becomes a very nice uh, tie to the physical world uh, with the online world, somewhere to receive all your online statements and all your packages and stuff and get you your stuff wherever you're at in the world, whether it's books that you ordered from Amazon or your bank statements or things like that. Now, when we're talking about this state income tax uh, guide that you've put together, this uh, about 55-page report uh, with a lot of all the cases and important stuff that you need to uh, really take control over what your tax domicile is, uh, how do we know whether it's for us? Like, why would somebody want to buy this thing? Well, when implementing this strategy to move your connections around, there are going to be some costs. Most of them are minor. Most of them are pocket change. Um, they're not going to be a significant cost, even for a college student. The main cost, uh, and the biggest cost, is going to be that um, home address, that residential address that you need to have in a state where you want to have your tax domicile. Probably a state that has low or no state income tax. So, if you look at your state income tax bill, uh, you know, look at it for the past couple of years and see how much money you are paying in state income taxes. If you can find a residential address in a state with no or low state income taxes for less than that amount, you're going to save a lot of money in your state income taxes because that is by far the biggest expense. If you can make sure that that expense is less than your savings, you're going to make money. Yeah, so we're talking uh, say you're in New Jersey and you make, what, $50,000 a year of income, they want 11% of that, almost $5,000 probably. 
because uh, I think they have a progressive rate. So if you can find a residential address in Florida for less than the $5,000, then it's in play, right? <laughs> oh. Like, uh, you might consider wanting to do this. Right. It's, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea because, you know, it's not just $5,000 this year, but it's $5,000 next year and the year after that and the year after that. And since you have that $5,000 and you can invest it uh, and, and earn even more money, then uh, it's just going to have this compound effect uh, saving those uh, that, that large expense of state income tax. So it can become a very uh, helpful tool for building and generating wealth in addition to protecting it, as we've talked about from asset protection and personal privacy and estate planning uh, viewpoints. Right, and, and just like estate planning and asset protection, um, state income tax optimization is a long-term strategy. And so it's not just about saving taxes this year or saving money on your taxes next year. Uh, it, f for the smart individual, they're going to want to do this so that they are planning for the next 20, 30, or 50, 60 years. Yeah, and if they do that, uh, every $5,000 of tax uh, that's, that, that you don't pay for, that you aren't legally required to pay, uh, compounded at you know, 10% over 40 years, that's millions of dollars that, that could potentially be saved just from the effect of the compound interest. Easily. So, for most people that, that can benefit from it, the compound interest will be in the millions. Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about tax domicile as a, as a principle and, and, and strategies that we can use to approach this. We've talked about how the, uh, you know, so many people are moving from state to state with taking new jobs or whatever, uh, that changing tax domicile is almost like a bunch of wildebeest stampeding across a river on a regular basis. And what the tax domicile does is it allows you to grow wings and just fly over the river or walk over a bridge uh, because you're approaching it preemptively with preparation in mind. You understand what the legal requirements are and you meet them. That way uh, the crocodiles, those uh, state tax uh, enforcers, they won won't even go after you because one they might not even know that you're there to go after or two it might just be too hard for them and three if they do go after you chances are they're gonna lose because you've done it all legally you've approached it uh, with the law on your side and you've taken the necessary steps to preempt any of the arguments or assertions that they can make and set up all the facts that you can so that it's in your favor and you're gonna win the case Right. Like I said before, um, because the weighing of the connections is kind of a logical uh, weighing of where you have the closest connection. And because the state is biased in their decision, sometimes they don't make the, the most logical decision. Uh, there's no guarantees necessarily, but the vast majority are a logical decision. And if they decide one year that, oh, you haven't quite done enough to change your domicile, all you've got to do is do a few more things, uh, establish a few more connections in that different state, uh, remove a few connections in the state where you're domiciled, and, and try again. That's really the worst that can happen. 
Yeah, and usually they just uh, make you pay the tax that you otherwise normally would have owed. Right, that's the penalty. So, I mean, the penalty isn't even that high, even if uh, you do get caught, uh, because you perhaps didn't dot an I or cross a T. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say get caught, because you're not doing anything illegal. You're doing the same thing that uh, millions of people do every year. You're saying, I'm weighing the connections that I have to all the states that I have, and I think that my closest connections are to such and such a state. Now, whether, um, you know, state A doesn't agree that state X is your tax domicile, that's, that's a different issue. But millions of people do this every year. Yeah, and very few of them proactively uh, go out to uh, set it up to be most favorable for them. They just kind of throw a bunch of mud at the wall and whatever sticks, sticks. And that's how they determine what their tax domicile is. They don't really take a proactive, preemptive, preparatory approach to it. Right. Laser accuracy with your mudslinging. Yes. <laughs> right in the politician's forehead, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can't milk you anymore. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you've been listening to the 81st episode of the RunToGold.com podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this four-part series with Bill Rounds. Uh, California attorney from HowToVanish.com. Keep in mind, none of this is uh, legal advice, nor has there been an attorney-client privilege formed. Uh, we hope it's just nice, helpful, general information. And if you do uh, need those legal services, of course, you can contact him. So thank you for listening to the 81st episode of the RunToGold.com podcast. This is Aaron Crown of MortgageImplode.com, and you're listening to Run to Gold.